1: Greetings and welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 Podcast. I am Max Olson. I'm joined by my fine colleague, Jason Kersey, our Oklahoma beat writer. Jason, what's up?
2: Oh man, I, I love hearing you say my name correctly. That really warms wow. my heart. I,
1: I think we need to lead this podcast off with a with a disclaimer, really honestly with an apology. Um, Jason, I, to anybody who listened to last week's episode um yeah we made a grave mistake we we uh we both went oh and five on our picks and uh yeah yeah that was that was real bad uh we we, we had oklahoma covering 22 didn't happen we had k-state plus 10 mm. really did not happen <laughs> we had oklahoma state covering two and a half That was kind of close didn't didn't work out oh we missed our chance to bet Kansas.
2: I was doing that early in the season and I gave up we on it. Missed our
1: chance to bet Kansas. And then West Virginia plus seven wasn't wasn't close. No. You know? So all losers. Um to make it make it worse, I, I went on Twitter and I bragged about my record on, on picking Big Twelve games this year. So honestly, I hope hopefully nobody bet their hard earned money on our uh, on our foolishness. That was a that was an all time low for us. Well
2: the thing is I no one should have been listening to me. I mean, given my record, which is what I told you when we talked yesterday. I, I, uh, this is not weird for me. I've been terrible all season. You're the one having this crisis in your brain about your. It is. It's hurting <laughs> about, about me. It's hurting me real bad. You should have just sucked all year. We, we and you'd could be used like to it.
1: you know, and we could. We, this would be one of those like we could make excuses and we could say. Oh, this is the Big Twelve and it's unpredictable. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of these outcomes last week were definitely ones that I don't know, they felt pretty extreme to me that, that I didn't see coming. Um it, at least in terms of the results. But I mean, no, I think we I think we just I think we just screwed it up. I
2: really hope nobody put money based on what we said. That would
1: They didn't they didn't bet their kids college fund or or the, the cash they'd set aside for Christmas. I hope they didn't.
2: <laughs> It's okay, honey. That being
1: said, I have advocated for picking against you every week. So hopefully there's somebody out there who did that <laughs> and made bank. Yeah.
2: Just, it's okay, honey. I really trust these two guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these two guys. This obscure Big 12 podcast go- that I listen gonna to. We're going to double our yeah. money.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. You know, fortunately, nobody actually, like, tweeted me and said – or emailed me and said, wow, you you lost me a lot of money. So – Hopefully no one's actually taking us
2: seriously. I hope not. I hope not. We are going to make picks this week though, guys. We're still making picks. We're not, we're not backing down.
1: We're not backing down. Uh, We will talk about Texas on this podcast and the failed coup in Austin to replace Tom Herman with Urban Meyer. Uh, We're going to be joined by Brian Davis, the longtime Longhorn beat writer for the Austin American Statesman. So we will, we will get into all of that um, as best we can um, on, on this Wednesday. Failed. Still don't know what's, going on there
2: failed coup is such a great way to put it because that's exactly what it was
1: <laughs> yeah it was um it was uh, it's not in some ways similar to when
2: dwight tried
1: to replace michael a little bit a little bit <laughs> so but...
2: who's so who's jan in this situation then is that is <laughs> del is, yeah. is is jan okay yeah yeah
1: well it's not totally right i mean urban's not going to be doing tom's laundry for a year so yeah it's not really an apples to apples comparison yeah, right but <laughs> what can you do uh so we will talk about texas but why would we why would we lead a big 12 podcast with with the longhorns when we could talk about iowa state baby
2: that's you're damn right you're damn number right. seven that was in the
1: playoff rankings
2: that was uh what a time to be alive jason <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know that there's a lot of people yeah. who are like, apparently deeply offended that Iowa State is ranked number seven. I've seen a lot of it on Twitter, but you know what? They are playing. They I'm, are. I'm pl-
1: fine with being offended on on the behalf of Coastal Carolina. Like Coastal right. should be higher yes. for sure. Yeah. Um. But besides that, I mean, holy moly! It's like the committee like has totally forgiven the Louisiana game, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because that's kind of how it should be. I, I know that game wasn't close and I know Iowa State was at home, but you know, Louisiana keeps r- r- rising up the rankings and you know, a lot of these teams in the sec didn't play non-conference games. They didn't go out and schedule the literally toughest non-conference game they could find like Iowa state did. Yeah. Um, I love that. They're not getting punished for that at this point.
2: I just think this is a weird year and things are going to be weird. And especially early in the season. Um, it, it's just, you, you have to be able to forgive things like that. Now, uh, you know, especially when it's a team that's done as well as Louisiana has. I don't know if I'd feel the same way if this was Kansas State we're talking about because the Arkansas State loss looks much worse in retrospect than the Louisiana one does. But, uh, but no, I think it's awesome that I was.
1: I'll tell you what, though Kansas has lost to Coastal, looking pretty legit now.
2: Put the Jayhawks in the top 10.
1: Um, <laughs> oh my god that coastal BYU game was phenomenal I don't know how much you I didn't get to see much of it you, you were probably up in the press yeah, box right I, I
2: didn't get to see much of it we we all sort of watched the end though because there are TVs you've been to OU there are TVs right behind there yeah. so we were all sort of turned around watching the end but I, I didn't get to see much of it it's incredible oh, man it was great more of that it more of that please more short you know no more scheduling games 15 years in advance I think we can all agree that that should be a thing of the past
1: Jason, do you think that since Iowa State has won more games than Ohio State has, that they should
2: jump them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel very strongly I'm about so, this. I'm
1: so tired of the Buckeye discourse this week, man. I just... For a million... It, uh, it gets me real salty. Me it too. It really does. It, it, and I like that team. I enjoy watching them. I'm just... The freaking out over what do we do for Ohio State is... Uh, I just don't get it.
2: No, I I don't get it either. There is a difference. But I mean... We are talking about putting a team in the college football playoff to play for the national championship that will have played half the games as the other teams, and that is just absurdly unfair. I mean, less chance for your best players to get hurt. You know, even the players that aren't injured are still banged up. It's just a different. And this year, especially, there's not going to be a month to heal up between the between the championship games and the bowl games. There's going to be a a week or two. So it's just not right, um, and, and I'm sorry for Ohio State players. It's not their fault, but it is the Big Ten's fault. No. The Big Ten made this decision, 100, and uh, they miscalculated the situation in August, and that's nobody's fault but theirs. And so I, I'm, I actually, and I, I thought uh, I, I read a column uh, Matt Baker, the Tampa Bay Times, wrote that that I thought really made a great point. point six years ago. Uh, the reason Ohio State jumped TCU and Baylor is because they had the extra data point. And then this year, the committee is saying that data points, you can have half as many data points.
1: Right. Because that Well, that's the weird thing, right? So it would be great to see Ohio State play 10 games. It, it's not because we need to see them play 10 games to know they're a top-four team. It's in case they lose one of them, as they have in the past, exactly. right? And against Purdue or against Iowa. And as we've seen with the... Um, you know, the Big 12 teams, um, you know, Iowa State's a good example where, you know, there's going to be some weeks you don't play your best football and you lose a game. And I'm not saying Ohio State wouldn't have gone undefeated this year. They're they're really, really good. I believe that. And honestly, you know, cynically, I just assume they're going to get in no matter what, because the playoff doesn't have any rules. They don't have any game requirements. They just pick whoever they think the best four are. And Ohio State has done nothing to disprove that they look like a top four team. But Man, I'm just—they're already in the top four. Like, what do we, what do we whining about? Why are we, why do we have to like, you know, change the rules or move the schedule around or do all this stuff to accommodate them? They're going to get in anyways.
2: Yeah, but they shouldn't. But they shouldn't is my point. I, I, I don't think they should because – I'm not going to correct. You. I, I, I just feel like you can't. I understand the eye test. I understand the recruiting rankings. Ohio State is the probably the only team that legitimately is up there with Clemson and Alabama in terms of their talent. I understand all of that. But if that's how we're going to pick the playoff teams, then stop wasting our time. Let's just get the committee to fly around in the preseason and watch everybody practice and then they can tell us who the four best teams are and then we don't have to waste our time with this with this bullshit. We just don't have to waste our time with it. Cuz it's just ridiculous wow. and I'm uh, yeah, I'm it triggers me very much as well.
1: Clearly, so strong. Strong words from a strange man. All right, let's let's get back to the clones. I'll take it. Um, they've cl- they clinched before they even played, and then they put together another dominant performance against a West Virginia team that we both thought would play them close. Yes. Um, that was really really impressive, and I think that's why Iowa State jumped. Honestly, I think it's just when you watch them, I know people people tend to use the term I test" to talk about the teams with the best recruits, right? In this case, we're seeing Iowa State play really, really good football, and there was no, you know, letdown performance after beating Texas and and kind of winning that big, you know, kind of landmark game for them this season again. Um, no, they've just went home and played played another great game against a really good defense, and um, I can't wait for this Big Twelve title game against Oklahoma. I think it's going to be. Um, you know as good as the first one that they played against each other in Ames
2: yeah uh, it's it's really it's really cool just first of all i just think i to, it's just very cool to see iowa state yeah. get to the big 12 championship yeah. game because matt campbell has done it the right way he's such a likable guy um they they're a likable team um i, I don't know it's just it's just really neat to see
1: 1912 man i mean 1912 that's the last time they won a conference title Yeah, you know it's it's uh, you know, that's the coolest thing about this sport is as much as we fixate on the playoff and the four best teams and how you know that's usually the same same group of five or six teams every year. That that's the fun of this sport is when when teams can go and do things that were thought impossible.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun and and also that fan base is just awesome. I've been covering you know Oklahoma yeah. for several years now, so I've been to Ames uh, four or five times. Um, and they're a great crowd. they're great fans um, and they're so loyal. They, they, they come out year after year and watch this team with you know without much payoff um, and uh, and they deserve it. And so I think that's awesome. And I also think that and, and I've been guilty of this too. I think many people have I don't know about you, but I, a lot of people I think have assumed as Oklahoma has gone on this run of just whooping people that, Oh, well, they're going to be, you know, when they get in the rematch, they're they're a more talented team. They're going to beat Iowa State, you know, whatever. It's been a right. nice run. And I don't feel that way anymore. I did feel that way. But after these last two weeks, I don't think I feel that way anymore. I think Iowa State can very well win that game.
1: I, I, I think a, an important distinction there, you, you, and I've, we pointed this out before, but in 20, 2019, Baylor finds a way to win a, a ton of close games, right? And 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 kind of gets the ball bouncing their way in a few of them. Um, you know, survives that, that TCU game right before they go, you know, playing Dallas. Um, you know, 2018 Texas wins a lot of close games, and 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 so it's kind of been this thing where, you know, one of these teams in the Big 12 title game is just the one that there's some teams that just sort of split all these close ones, and there's one team that rises up and wins all of them. That hasn't been the case lately with Iowa State. I know the Texas game is close, but. I think the K State and the, the West Virginia performances show you this is a team that can kick some ass. It's not just sort of surviving tight ones and just barely getting through. They've had they've had close games, um, but I, I just think it's really impressive. It's it, and and especially when you you know you where you you start where they start in terms of the the recruiting talent and um, you know it's really really hard to build the kind of depth that this team has and they've just built a, a really likeable cast of of uh, of leaders and players on this team. It's just a really it, it's it's pretty cool to see the Matt Campbell blueprint um you know not just come together like this but then actually be rewarded.
2: Yeah. And, and man, and you we we can talk about talent or whatever, recruiting, but they've got some damn good players. I mean, damn good yeah. players. And yeah. and I I have to say and I think I said this last week, Brock Purdy has been awesome. He's he's been really, really good the last several yes. weeks. It's been sort of the Brock yep. Purdy I think we all thought he was capable of being uh, maybe a year or two ago. He's been that guy. And Brees Hall, you know how I feel about Brees Hall. Uh Charlie Kohler sure. is is just such a such a good dude and, and fun to watch. And
1: when that offense, when it when all the pieces kind of fit together, when and, and they do a great job play calling too. Campbell and Manning do a great job um w- but when Purdy's right and he's really hitting um the way that they can balance you and spread you out and um you know they work in the RPOs that you know obviously they don't have the most talented receiving core in in the conference but they make plays, you know. And that tight end group is just special. It's just something that nobody else in the league mm-hmm. has.
2: Absolutely. And then they've got great players on defense too. I mean, this is a this is a really good team and uh, it is, man. I, I bet they wish they could have that Oklahoma state game back though, because uh, Oklahoma state's, you know, taking such a nosedive. Um, it seems kind of crazy right. to me now that they lost to that team, oddly enough, you know, but
1: yeah, that was, that was, you know, and that's sort of a 50 50 game, you know, I mean, I think that one could have bounced either way in, in, in some ways. And, so, and where would yeah, if and, they,
2: <laughs> pardon me, but where would Iowa state be if they'd won that game right now in the playoff hunt? Where would they? Yeah, probably behind A yeah, and M. Yeah, it's inter-
1: it's interesting. I I think it's probably a little more compelling if they'd played an easier non conference, and they the one loss was Oklahoma State versus mm-hmm. if they were a one loss team whose only loss was Louisiana. That's a little even though Louisiana is ranked, maybe a little bit tougher sell just in terms of the resume. But I mean, where would they be?
2: I mean, they I would imagine right there with Florida. Right there with Florida, probably still behind A um, and M, but. But right in the mix. So maybe one
1: maybe one spot ahead of where they are now. Yeah, maybe, I guess. maybe it's not a huge difference, but, but maybe
2: it makes a big. They, if,
1: they would be a conversation. Yeah, we would be comparing them against AM. We would be talking about what are the scenarios where you know, and frankly, you you would you would be comparing them in Ohio State yeah. and saying if it comes down to it for the fourth spot, who's the more deserving team? Yeah,
2: and what and you know one loss versus two losses. I mean, winning the Big Twelve championship. You know, maybe more likely to elevate you above a one-loss non-conference champion AM, and but having two losses yeah. may make the difference. I don't know, but I mean that's kind of what happened. It'd to be ha-
1: wild if we were living in a time right now where Iowa State had was a one-loss team, and we were talking about should you know should one-loss Iowa State or two-loss Clemson be in the playoff or something like mm-hmm, that, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, man, it's it's wild. They were close. They were but, close. But good for them. It's it's just been it's been really fun to watch them this year. I've I've really enjoyed it.
1: I have to, and we will. We will do plenty to preview that game next week. I have, I have no doubt about that. Um, Jason, where do we where do we go from here? What what, what did you think of Oklahoma and just mm. um, you know? I I expected them to roll. I, I've been praising them for a while here ever since Red River. It's looked really really easy for them. Yeah. Um, that game against Baylor was was a little bit of a weird one. What did you take away?
2: It was a weird. It was a very weird game. I mean, oh, the game almost got canceled. I think we all know that I mean it was it was sort of right. up against it uh, and no use game previous game had been postponed they had a lot of COVID problems the facility was shut down all those things are true um, but yeah the, the offense was I mean it was the worst offensive performance since Lincoln Riley's been at Oklahoma I mean going back to 2015 it was the worst uh, statistically and just watching it it was clearly the worst uh, they couldn't do anything Baylor was was really active up front put a lot of pressure on Rattler shut down Ramondre Stevenson for most of the game Um, and it's just the weird bizarro world sort of thing was, is that the defense was unbelievably good, um, and, and and made a huge difference. And so it's just been a, it was a strange game.
1: And we're just so used to seeing Lincoln have an answer for absolutely everything as a play caller. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: I'm not saying he got coached. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that usually with Oklahoma, the way they're constructed, whatever you take away, they hit you with something else.
2: Yeah. Well, this was a great, I mean, we're talking about Lincoln Riley and Dave Aranda. That's a pretty great meeting of the minds there. And we saw what Dave Aranda did to, to Oklahoma <laughs> in, you know, in January or in December last yes, year. Yes, that's right. Um, but uh, he came in with a great plan. Lincoln didn't really have an answer for it. And then I think I think the, the pandemic and the shutting down and those things probably made a difference too. And Lincoln uh, took a lot of the blame for this after the game, basically saying that coming back, from the sh- the the break, the shutdown, he wasn't. He didn't practice them as aggressively as he should. They sort of lost their edge, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sure that, that that has something to do with it too. But I also do have to say, Baylor is much better than their record indicates. The I know that's sort of a tired cliche, but it's the truth yes. in this case. Baylor has not been blown out this year. I don't think have they. They haven't been blown out this year. Um, they they've they've been beaten. By 10, 12, 14 points, but they haven't really been blown out. They, they, all their losses have been decently close. And uh, and they came ready to play in this game. And uh, so I, I, I think you got to give them credit. Uh, and you also have to sort of think that Dave Aranda's got this program in, in a decent place despite their record.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: You're right. I, I think since the, you know, really since uh, the Texas game, I think they've been playing, TC was close, but they've been playing close games with everybody. They gave Iowa State a really good fight and, um, you know, and, and probably, you know, should have won against Texas Tech. So, I yeah, I, I think that if you're a Baylor fan, obviously it's been a very frustrating thing to to go from, you know, second back down to the bottom of the standings here. But um, you make a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, Aranda had did have have OU all figured out in that semifinal. Now, it helps when you have an offense that can score 60 points. But, um, you know, I, I thought that was impressive from that staff, and they're going to be better next year. That's probably a coach where you can write it off and say, look, 2020 was 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, we we learned about our players along the way. We had some weird setbacks. Um, the record doesn't really reflect the improvement
2: totally and they had their weird COVID issues early in the season that they had to work through i mean this has just been a weird year but i don't think that i mean i think they they've got a really good shot to beat oklahoma state this weekend a really good shot to beat oklahoma state this weekend
1: yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting where oklahoma state's at right now and that look tcu the the tcu game huge win for tcu very back and forth game um Really, really wild. Really, I mean, it, it was it was fun to watch, um, but Oklahoma State is in an interesting place now, um, because ultimately, and it, it's the same thing as as is going on in Austin, in in the sense of this was going to be the year, and there's just a, a disappointment when the year when you have all the pieces you think you need, it doesn't add up.
2: Yeah, and, and Oklahoma State is is in an in, very interesting place because. There was – with regard to Mike Gundy because he's the greatest coach in their program's history, and it's not even close. Mm -hmm. I mean, he – what he's done since he's been the head coach at Oklahoma State should be commended, and and, um, the program would not be what it is without him. They win 10 games fairly regularly, or they did for a while. Sure. Um, 135 and 67 in 16 years. For Oklahoma State, that's unbelievable. You know, it was during Mike Gundy's era that the all-time Oklahoma State record – crept up into a winning record for year. I mean, for most of their history, they've had a losing all time record. And so, uh, but he's also two and 14 against Oklahoma. Uh, and he, in those games often makes very conservative, uh, sort of, he's accused of being maybe scared in, in these games, uh, whether that's true or not. And now, and now they've gone on this, this streak where they just looked awful. Um, and I think fans are starting to get fed up, and to the point where it's gotten so sort of toxic. And and then there was all that stuff in the summer that we haven't even discussed right, today. Right. Yeah. But now they're doing all this, and and it's like uh,
1: I, it's a hard position to be in because and and I was asked about this on on radio a week or two ago because in it, it's I think you make a mistake when you say Oklahoma State. Can definitely do way better than Mike Gundy, right? I, look, I mean, I you know where I live, right? You know what happened when Nebraska thought they could do way better than Frank Solich, and it's been mm-hmm. close to two decades of mediocrity since then. Not I shouldn't say that. Bo Pelini had his good years, but um, you know, it's been twenty years of trying did. to get back to playing for a conference title and, and winning a conference yeah. title, and so it can You know, Oklahoma State can be a five hundred program under the wrong coach, right? And so it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to say, yeah, it's, you know, you know, can't, can this get better? Is it time to give it to somebody else to try and take it to a higher level? Or is that, is that a little too risky? You know, I mean, what, when do you, mm-hmm. when do you know it's time?
2: Yeah. Well, it, and, and it feels like the relationship between Mike Gundy and his alma mater has been teetering for years. I mean, we've, there were there was that run where it felt like every year he was talking to somebody else, sure. or he was flirting with Tennessee, flirting with Baylor, flirting with Arkansas. I mean, he's there've been all those sorts of things, and him and Mike Holder, him and Boone Pickens' relationship, and and it all seemed to sort of start to come to a head this week. I mean, his Mike Gundy's oldest son uh, had a had a very impassioned Instagram rant where he talked about. Um, hold on, I, I think he said that that uh, Oklahoma State can't do better than him and they'd be nothing without, without his dad. Um, you had a, a very sort of, uh, I, I don't know if tense is the right word, but an exchange between my friend and uh, T- Garen Emig of the Tulsa World and Mike Gundy during his press conference this week where uh, he was asked about not making the Big 12 title game, which it is kind of crazy that they haven't been in the big, even been in the yeah. game. And and his response was essentially some form of well, what's the difference? Whether you win it or or you either win it or you're, you know you if you ain't first, you're last. Is essentially what his response uh-huh. was, uh-huh. and uh, I I don't think that that set well with Oklahoma State fans who believe they absolutely should be in the Big Twelve championship game and they should have been this year.
1: Yeah, it's it's a hard it's it's a hard assessment, and and you know look the OAN thing this summer, Oklahoma State's leadership used that as a chance to kind of flip. Flip the leverage there, where now the buyout is not not so significant. So I'm not saying change is coming or anything like that. It's just this is going to be a, an uncomfortable off season, I think, for Oklahoma State to figure out, um, you know, what is the what is the five year, ten year plan here. Um, I, I think the I think it's an un- uncomfortable time. I imagine in some ways too in Lubbock. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's still early, obviously. Um, but this was uh this was a really frustrating season for Texas Tech, and and I'm curious from all the time you've spent watching them this year um you know I, I what do you make of just where matt wells and his staff are at after two years at texas tech
2: is it a is it similar to to what we i mean well texas tech wasn't competing for conference championships under cliff kingsbury i mean i don't want right. to maybe overstate or com- compare him to frank solich or mike dundee necessarily but you know, you you get rid of a favorite son, a guy that that loved Texas Tech, and and bringing a guy in. Matt Wells is a great coach, great guy. I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Just was that a mistake? Was that a mistake? Is is what I've started to see.
1: Well, you know, that, that's the same problem. Obviously, Cliff goes to the NFL um, and gets Kyler Murray and has has all of this success now. And uh, you know, Texas Tech has had two four win seasons, and so. You know that was a really tough, uncomfortable call that they made at the time, um, and you know it's it's tough. It's tough when you you don't when 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 as we as we've seen with Texas and other places. I mean, when people sort of start to lose faith and think maybe we can do better, uh, maybe this is being being squandered, then you make a change. And I I, I know Kirby Hokut felt like he was getting you know more of a complete head coach that cared about all three phases and in in Matt Wells, but. You know, you watch them this season, and uh, just a lot of mistakes, just a lot of um, you know inconsistency, um, yeah. coaching you know coaching decisions that they made you scratch your head. Um, you know, I, I, it's just hard to it's hard to know. I'm I'm sure that team on, on its best day is is much better than the the four and six record, but um, you know it, it, it's a it's going to be an interesting off season where there, you wonder is there going to be more attrition? Are they going to kind of take that next step of, of sort of purging the roster a little bit more or, or what? I, I don't know what to make of Texas Tech right now.
2: I don't either. And they've been confusing. You you asked about watching them this year. I mean, you watch them almost beat Texas, um, yeah. should have beat Texas. Yeah. Um, could have beat Oklahoma State. Just complete, could have beat Oklahoma State, but got completely run out of the building by OU. Yeah. Um, and, and then, I mean, didn't even belong on the field with them. Gave up 49 points in the first half. Um, and then, and then this thing with Kansas. Yeah, that, that, that's it's where just, I
1: guess that's where my angst is coming from this week. Is is just how do you, how do you play Kansas that close? You know.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> Kansas this because because it's not just that this is Kansas and Kansas is an easy punchline. This is the worst Kansas team I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's saying something yeah. cuz I've seen a lot of really bad Kansas. I,
1: I, I know it, in that game especially going back and watching it, you know, there's a lot of missed chances in the red zone. There was um, you know, turnovers and and kind of all the the stuff you can't do if you want to give Kansas a chance, but man, it's just it's just weird week to week. You just don't know what you're getting from them at all.
2: No, no, you don't. And uh, and it will be it should be a very interesting offseason in Lubbock because I, I think that if you're a Texas Tech fan, and I don't want to speak for Texas Tech fans, I'm not one of them, but you watch what Matt Campbell is. If you can find the right guy, you can win in this conference. Um, you, can, you can win. You can be, I and mean, they've seen it with Mike Leach. They know that if you can get the right guy, um, and they can have the right culture and all those things that you can have a lot of success. And I, I just imagine this is very frustrating. This has been very frustrating, a, f- a very frustrating run of years for Texas yeah. tech
1: fans. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Um, we will get to Tom Herman, obviously with, with Brian, I do want one thing I wanted to bring up um, since this week is kind of just makeup week in the big 12. Um, there are four games, uh, but, and, and we'll see on that. We'll, on one of them obviously is, is questionable at the moment. But um, I think the only implication that since Iowa State and Oklahoma have already clinched is really just kind of the bowl spots, right? The bowl seeds. Um, I, I, you know, I'll read off uh, Stu Mandel's yeah. latest bowl projections here. Right now, he's got Oklahoma winning the Big Twelve, going to the Cotton Bowl to play Texas A and M, which would be pretty awesome to see.
2: Awesome, um,
1: awesome. He's got Iowa State uh, going to the Alamo again to play Colorado, who's still undefeated right now. Um, he's got Texas in the third spot, going to the Cheez It Bowl. I didn't realize the Cheez It Bowl is the number three bowl now. Um,
2: well, it's because it's because the Cheez It Bowl isn't what the Cheez It Bowl was before. They moved everything around. Yeah, the Cheez It Bowl is now what the Camping World Bowl was, and what the Cheez It Bowl was is the I think the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. So it's just all very confusing. But oh, oh yeah.
1: you're right. Yeah, that, you're right. So yeah. that would be Texas. Yeah, the Cheez
2: It Bowl is what yeah is what used to be camping world what was before that russell athletic as or as i called it walmart sweatpants you
1: did call it walmart sweatpants bowl you
2: enjoyed covering one of those and it it will always be the walmart sweatpants yeah your favorite
1: is still the belk bowl though right that's your favorite bowl bowl trip you've ever covered i'm sure
2: oh yeah man what a what a wild Wild trip trip. that was Having it, having a player on the team you cover shoplift from, from the title the Belk sponsor bowl. of the bowl, <laughs> from the belt store, from, be- from a belt <laughs> store during a shopping spree at belt.
1: Yeah, shoplifting awesome. during a shopping spree is it's it's an interesting choice. Um, yeah. so yes, thank you for correcting me on that. Uh, Stu has Texas going to the Cheez It Bowl, the new the what is now the Cheez It Bowl to play NC State and face off with Tim Beck, which would be pretty funny. Um, he has TCU in the four spot. Uh, going to the Texas bowl to play Arkansas could be a pretty good game. Um, He has Oklahoma state behind TC right now, which is interesting Uh, going to the Liberty bowl to play Tennessee um, who may be going through a coaching change. Um, And then K state going to the guaranteed rate bowl to play Penn state and West Virginia going to the first responders bowl to play Tulsa, which would be actually a pretty great game.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. So
1: I, By I the guess way, the, Tulsa, it,
2: can we can we add just quickly as an aside, Tulsa is getting totally screwed this week. Yes, totally screwed. Totally
1: screwed. It, it, that, I don't think
2: they were going to beat Cincinnati anyway, but this is complete crap. Well, hopefully they it's can, like, well, you know,
1: well. right now, all that matters is they can get healthy for next week, right?
2: Right. To, to, yeah, to replay
1: that game. Right. Um, so I guess the the implications this week, right, are are kind of, can you, is it still kind of that four through seven? Just what's the order of it?
2: Yeah, I think so, and I'm interested where Oklahoma State ends up because I was just looking this up. I mean, they've played in both the Texas and the Liberty Bowls pretty recently, yeah. so I don't know if that would make a difference. Actually, they played in they played in the Texas Bowl last year, Liberty Bowl year before, and what is now the Cheez It Bowl the year before that. So they've been in all these games. So I wonder where they line up. Uh, maybe that's why Stu has TCU. Above them, just because. I, I TC, wish we could flip Oklahoma it Samus here to, If year. we
1: could flip it and get West Virginia, Penn State, and get one of those kind of old, old showdowns in, in that region, I think that'd be pretty awesome too.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be great to see.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that stuff shakes out. It's crazy we're already here, um, and, and where it's time to pick out bowls and all that. Um, all right, let's let's go into our conversation with Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman um, to just talk about the, the state of the Texas program. Where they go from here, and and we'll we'll also get into their situation this week of whether they're going to play Kansas. We're now joined by Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman. Brian, how how you doing? What's what's going on over in your neck of the woods?
3: You know, listen, it's Christmas time, and I got the lights out on the grass. Um, that's my only escape from my cell phone and my laptop and the stupid Twitter account. It's just. You know, and I'm not even going anywhere close to that campus right now.
1: Yeah, because it's,
3: it's it's haywire.
1: You you just pulled the ladder out. You said leave leave me up on this roof as long as possible. Shove me uh, don't off don't this the roof.
3: That would actually be doing me a favor. You know, <laughs> just let me get to the apex and then just push me. You know, that would that would be great.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I guess you know where do we where do we start? You know, it's Wednesday, 10 a.m. Nothing's happened today, but. Uh, I think we're all. It seems like we're all sort of sitting here wondering where where, where this saga continues. Um, we don't know if Texas is playing this week, first of all. Right. But uh, what what is your sense of where we're at now? That as as you've reported, um, the uh, the Urban Meyer uh, coup has has failed.
3: Definitely, and, that, and that's a good way to describe it. Um, let's we can check the easy box first, and that is. Um, I don't know if this game is going to get played on Saturday or not. Uh, there's supposed to be another round of COVID testing that is completed. Uh, that was completed yesterday. And then they had, and then Texas for uh, big 12, you know, guidelines, they get tested again on Thursday and Friday. So I, I am planning to go to Lawrence this weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people that I've talked to inside the building. They want to get this game over with quite sure, frankly, because sure. um, it's the regular season finale, but Will it be played? I, I truly think they have to do another round of testing before they can say, yes, yes, we're doing it. But but that game will be played. Um, as to the bigger picture, the, you know, there's a part of me that I, I really didn't, never thought Urban Meyer was coming at all, and, and the health being the, the main driving factor. Um, you know, but at the same time, I mean, I know this might – I know this whole ordeal has probably hurt Tom Herman's feelings, but you know, unless you can show me three national championship rings, if you have a chance to upgrade and get that guy, I think you try to do it. And and the fact that it becomes public and messy, that's just the way these things go. I I, I think. So so here we are. And um I my gut now tells me that Tom is probably gonna stay for twenty twenty one. Um, but I do think that they are kicking the tires on some other people, just, just as Chris O'Connor fleshes out uh, all options.
2: Brian, is, is, is the, if he comes back in 2021, I mean, is this relationship salvageable? I mean, how do you come back from this once you've, you know, very now that it's public that they've been flirting with other, other coaches? Is, is, is he in this for the long haul, do you think?
3: I think it depends on whether Tom thinks he can win his way out of it, you know, because that ultimately is the, is the final barometer in all of this. You know, um, they open up against, a, against a, a scrub team, and then they play Arkansas in, in week two uh, next year. Uh, that's not going to be easy, I don't think. Uh, but, but if you can come out of the gate firing uh, with either Casey Thompson or Hudson Card at quarterback, and you show that you've got a firm command of things, I think that the 2022 recruiting cycle will will would then firm itself up a little more. I mean, right now, that's one of the things that I think has really uh, expedited this whole process was was the Quinn Ewers decommit, right? That Mm -hmm. to me, uh, you know, was the signal that that uh, you know here's a guy who was who badly wanted to play for Texas, and if he backs away, oh my God, you know, the sky truly is falling, allegedly, right? So. Um, but, yeah, but if Tom comes back, they win some games, they beat Oklahoma, um, you know, then I think bygones are bygones at that point.
1: By the way, the, the scrub that they're opening with is uh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns who are currently in the, the CFP. I thought it was UTEP.
3: I thought it was UTEP or, the, <laughs> or uh, UT San Antonio. So it is Louisiana. There you go. Not a scrub. Not a scrub team. Not, 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 a,
1: a, not a scrub at the moment. Yeah.
2: The rage Cajun really- fans are gonna flood your Twitter mentions now. Yeah,
3: no. I, I really, I thought, I really thought it was UTSA or or uh, or Utah.
1: Brian, if if the Statesman, you know, made a run at Chip Brown, and uh, you know wanted to wanted to shove you out for Chip, and then and then and then it fell through. How would you? Uh, how would you keep doing <laughs> your job? A good analogy. <laughs> How would you keep doing your job and feeling like, uh, you know, these people love me. I'm going to be here a long time.
3: Well, I'll tell you one thing. What I would not do is I damn sure wouldn't be hitting those deadlines. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I would be turning stuff in, you know, all hours of the night. And I'll be like, hey, too bad. Too bad.
1: Right? Yep. Right. You
3: know, I, I, think, I think to your point, though, how does this handled? A lot's going to depend on Tom and his frame of mind, quite frankly. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways you can approach it. You can, you can joke about it. You can, be, you can kind of be flippant about it. Um, I think it's to his benefit to just acknowledge the truth. And the truth is is that he was hired to win championships, and he has not done that. Um, uh, 31 and 18, one and four against Oklahoma, nine and 10 against ranked opponents. These are not good statistics. They're just not. So, so it's not like Tom can, you know, come throw it in our face, of uh, but Oh, you guys just don't know how great you have it. No, we kind of know what we've got. Right. And so, um, he is a, above average coach you, you can't say he's great because the, the numbers just don't bear that out and I'm telling you I think he'd be the first to tell you that I think I genuinely think he'd be the first to say look we have not gotten it done at the expectation level that the school had and that we had internally as well
1: do, do you how do you see this from you know the other side of it the, of, of Chris Delcani's position where Obviously, you have a lot of people, you know, that write the checks who probably want to see a different outcome. And I don't know which coach they end up rallying around now. I don't know if you have a good feeling of who you think should be, you know, potentially the next head coach at Texas. But how do you how do you navigate this? And and I, you know, do you take a couple months here to try and find that coach that you think can can take you to a top ten, you know, playoff level, or or what? How do you? fix this from Delconi's end? Well, if you're Chris Delcani, number
3: one is you are a person who hates firing people. You just hate it. It is the worst part of your job. Uh, you loathe that part of the job. So when you understand that, uh, understand that the athletic director is coming from a place where he doesn't want to change coaches. He, he just doesn't. But what do you do when every major donor Is blowing up your phone saying get rid of this guy and Mm -hmm. oh by the way if you want my money for the South End Zone project you're gonna you're gonna do what I say right I mean that that's 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 how it works Uh, at all schools not just in Texas but that you know big money donors are BMDs for a reason you know they give a lot of money to fund all this stuff right um so Chris I, I genuinely believe Chris wants to keep Tom um, I genuinely believe that the donors want him out. <laughs> you know, so uh, rock meet hard place. I would say, um, who can they rally around? I well, because
1: you, you know, at the end of the Charlie era, it's easy to to make a move when you say, "Look at this guy down at Houston, who's winning big and, and checks all the boxes." Right? Well, That's it, not really the situation we have right now with
3: Texas. Correct. It, and also, too, it was three straight losing seasons. Sure. So it made it easy to, to make that move. Yeah. Tom has locked in, he's locked in four straight winning seasons, just not winning good enough. And you know, I, I told some people here, I said if if Tom Herman is let go, if the worst thing that he can say is that he didn't win enough football games, I'm sure he's pretty okay with that. You know, he, he's totally fine with that. But 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 to your point of who would who would rally the troops, um, I just don't think there's anyone out there that moves the needle like Urban. And if you can't get Urban, then you know does Dan Mullen get you going? Does uh, James Franklin get you going? Um, I I'm of the opinion why not take a hard look at Matt Campbell? And the reason why is because you know all I've heard for four years is you know hey we're getting out coached. Well let's go look at the guy who's doing the out coaching, right? I mean w- what's wrong with that? So. Um, you know, in light of there's no other Urban Meyer, I think you have to look hard at keeping who you got.
2: Brian, I, I don't remember a, a hire in recent college football history that seemed more perfect or, like, seemed like the best fit at the time as Texas and Tom Herman. I It, it seemed like such a home run, such an obvious hire, given what he'd done at Houston, Ohio State. Um, I, I guess my question is, if he – can't get it done there um are, are there bigger structural problems at Texas that go beyond just the head coach I mean it's, it couldn't would Matt Campbell have some of these same issues I, I guess is my question would, would anyone have these issues
3: you know the answer to that question is something that they've been searching for for 10 years you know why does this not work um it's not I mean yes Texas has all the money but it's not about money uh, yes, Texas gets all the big recruits, but clearly they don't develop, you know, right? Is that coaching? Is that something else? I tell you, I tell you what I genuinely believe is the answer, um, and, you know, everybody can take this for what it's worth, but I truly believe that kids who grow up in this state, they get a, they get a scholarship offer to the University of, by God, Texas They sign, they sign, and they know that their education is guaranteed for four years. They live in Austin, Texas, and they think, man, I've made it. You know, my parents are happy. My family is over the moon. And this is great. But the reality is, is that the work is only just beginning at that point. And, you know, why don't kids develop? Because they don't have a chip on their shoulder, anymore. You know, if I lived in, if I, if I lived in Fort Worth, okay. And ever and everybody had told me I wasn't good enough to go to Oklahoma or Texas, you'd be damn straight. I'd have a chip on my shoulder to go out and beat some people. If I lived in Ames, Iowa and was told, Hey, you're not Oklahoma good, or you're not Texas good. You can be bet. I would have a chip on my shoulder, right? Yep. People in Texas, they don't have that. They just don't. And, um, you know, Oklahoma obviously has done better with, with the, the guys that they've got.
2: But how, how do you get that chip, I guess, at, at, at Texas? Is it just going to require the right coach to, to find that button to push?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Do you take away the, the charter airplanes and the, the plush – of living accommodations and you take away the, the, the silk robes. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I thought Tom, I thought Tom really did it right. I thought Tom did it correct when he got here, you know, shoving burnt hot dogs and sake pancakes down their right. down their gullets. Right. You know, right. I thought he did it right. And then they revolted. They revolted again. Oh, who the hell is this guy giving us burnt hot dogs? Right. Well, you know, and I did have uh, a a couple other people tell me. You know, if there's one thing that that they learned is that you don't mess with the food, you don't mess with players' food, hmm. which I thought was a very interesting observation. But um, you got to get you got to get through to these 18 to 22 year olds somehow. They live on their phone, um, and think about it. and think about this too. Think about this too, because I'm dealing this now with I'm dealing with this now with my own daughter who's in seventh grade. You know if you recruit 85 people who have all they've been told all their life is how great they are. Well, when someone gets in their face, they're not, they're not going to be too hip to that. Right. Right. And you know, MF kids now is probably not the way to go. That's not the way to get through to them. You know, Um, some coaches have told me, well, the, the, the kids haven't changed. The coat, the adults have changed. Well, maybe that's true too. I don't know, but, you know you to get back to your question Max of why and, and just why did this not why is it not working at Texas? I mean and I hate to use the word entitlement, but it is it is various forms of that.
1: Yeah I mean I, th- I looked it up yesterday uh, since the, you know they've jumped into the top 10 a few times under Herman here over the last couple of years and they' they're three and four when they've been in the top ten. I mean they just haven't really handled success very well.
3: They haven't handled success very well. They cannot beat uh, the low-level teams very well. They don't blow out anybody. You know, they just don't. Yeah,
1: how weird was that, by the way, to watch that this weekend? <sighs> Stunning. Stunning. Of all the outcomes you expected in Manhattan. I know, especially especially the way Deuce Vaughn uh, ran
3: the ball. I mean, I think that is guy is going to be an exciting player to watch. Uh, you know, a hat tip to Chris Vaughn as well. Um yeah but i I did not expect that, and uh you know to think that they scored on eleven of thirteen possessions when it counted the fourth possession was a, you know get rid of the get rid of the game um and the only two that they did not score on was uh when Derek Kerstetter got hurt and then the and then the drive immediately after that when they went three and out um, pulled it all together, and uh put the hammer down
1: like why, why can't it always be that easy? you know you watch those running backs go wild it's just hard to Hard to believe well, as soon as know, they're out of know, the race, they play this. their best ball. You know. Now I will
3: say this: my biggest complaint about Tom all season long is that he doesn't, he hasn't given B. John Robinson enough run, right? And you know, wow, he gives him consistent carries, and he almost strips off two hundred yards. So you know, maybe I need six million dollars. You know, I I can I need six million dollars. I can make these decisions too.
1: You know. He, you know, he had career day. I think he only he ended up only touching the ball like fourteen times. So, you know, there you and go. The
3: dude, the dude only averaged nineteen point one yards per carry. I mean, come on, Max. <laughs> come on, Max. It's a rotation. No,
1: that's other the other guys thing. in there. That's the damnedest thing with Texas is there's there's always young talent. There's always dudes that you look at them and say, you know, there's some NFL upside with these players. It's just how do you how do you put all the puzzle pieces together? And this is why someone's gonna make a lot of money to either coach them or not coach them next year you know
2: throw your name in the hat bd listen
1: i can run off tackle with the best of them i can <laughs> uh,
3: i can tell these people to throw it over the middle just as easily as lincoln riley and thomas
1: It I could work i think you could be the politician head coach right who kind of delegates to the the staff you put together and just you handle the the bmds I would absolutely
3: would. I would be great at it. I would stand up there every Monday and go, Oh, Kirk, I know you're full of S. You you know you're full of S. Come on now. I don't know if we're supposed to be cussing on the athletic podcast. I can cuss on this
1: pod. No one okay,
3: cuss. But that's yeah. I would be I would be like, Oh, come on now. You don't need you don't mean that question, mean old question, mean old media. You don't mean <laughs> that. You love we love you. It's great.
1: Oh man. You as head coach, it scares you to death. I
3: scared would beg- you to death. My wife can't make cookies for shit, but I'll tell you that I'll get up there and tell them how great they are.
2: <laughs> I would I would uh, I would request to move to the Texas beat if you were the head coach. So,
3: I'd be putting my arms around you I'd go, "Let's go have a drink and talk about <laughs> all those mean articles you've been writing, Jason." Just come on now. You know what? You know what you know what I would do is uh, by the way, I really I really I think it was Jason. I, I'm pretty sure it was you because I think I retweeted this uh, the greatest uh liner i've read in the last month is local tequila salesman oh, to help sooners <laughs> on practice field i thought that was it's, the best thing i've read forever it's factually accurate it's factual it was factually correct yes. yes it was
1: yes it was well brian thank you so much for joining us man we really appreciate it um you know it's going to be it's going to be a weird month uh enjoy the holidays and uh you know hang in there all right. Thanks so much to Brian for joining us. Um, hopefully, hopefully he can get some, some clarity and, you know, God, who who knows where Texas goes from no, here, Jason.
2: I mean, I, I, I don't envy him being a beat writer on that beat right now.
1: If you had to bet today, do you think Tom Herman's back next year?
2: Yes, I do. I do. I do. Cause I sort of agree with him. I just, I don't know where else they go from here right now. I, Yeah. Counseling.
1: I think they should go to counseling. (laughs) Work through work through some problems if they're gonna try and make it work, you know. All right, let's get into the picks. Do we have to? Um I I, we we do We've come this far. We we gotta be better, man. We gotta be better. I hope you I hope you did your research. Um let's start with the Sooners uh playing a a, a nice little makeup game Mm -hmm. at West Virginia. Oklahoma is a 13-and-a-half point favorite.
2: I like the Sooners to cover because, you know, West Virginia's coming off the big loss. Um, I, I think that the natural assumption would be they have nothing to play for really here, but I think they do have something to play for. Um, they want to continue their momentum uh, going into this. They want to get right on their offense before they play Iowa State. Um, and, you know, they're they're sitting there at, at number 11 if 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 things shake out, I mean, I'm not saying it's it's gonna happen or that it's even likely, but there is still a, a, a an outside shot they could find their way into the top four. So I think they have a lot to play for here. So I, I'll take Oklahoma by over 13. Now.
1: These games have always been really good. It feels like it's always at the end of the 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 regular season that they have to go out to Morgantown. You remember the last one with with Kyler Murray and Will Greer, um, and that just epic shootout. Um, I think Oklahoma will cover. I don't think that West Virginia has, you know, conceded this season or anything like that as much as, um, you know, they just got dominated by Iowa State. But um, yeah, I think it's a bounce back kind of week for Oklahoma. They know, um, they know that Iowa State's got the week off, and they know that Iowa State's playing really, really good football right now. So I would think there's, you know, this is an easy week for Lincoln to to push the buttons and say this is the guy. Yeah, this is a week absolutely. we got to show up, guys. Absolutely. All right, next game. This game is currently questionable. Um, Texas at Kansas. Uh, Texas is a thirty-point favorite. Um, Texas has uh, previously gone to Kansas and lost, as as you recall, Jason. Um, and you know Texas was was not able to to go through you know workouts on Tuesday. They're they're still shut down right now as they deal with uh, an outbreak of cases with with players and coaches. So. We'll pick it and we'll just drop it if this game doesn't happen. We don't have an answer right now for it, but what do you think, Texas minus thirty?
2: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against everything that I said I've said for a lot of the last several weeks, and I'm gonna take Kansas to cover because because of all the drama My going man. on at Texas, all the uncertainty about Tom Herman, um, all the you know them being shut down. I am not saying that I think Kansas will win as they did in 2016, but I I I don't think that it's going to be a 30-point game. I just I just don't.
1: Okay. I love that. I love that. I in, in 30s, I mean they they this is they've set a good number here. I mean 30s a lot. 30s a lot to cover. This is uh, for a Texas team that's played a lot of close games over the years. Um and as I mentioned on Saturday, that was only the third time in the Tom Herman era that they beat a Big 12 team by more than 20 points. So, you haven't seen it very often. So, I'm gonna take Texas. I think the difference for me is just they're playing pretty solid defense right now. The way they ran the ball last week, uh, with Bijan Robinson and Rashawn yeah. Johnson, um, was just so impressive. And if that, if they can keep it simple like that, um, I just, I can't really see Texas mailing this one in, but. We've been wrong on that before, my man. We, I don't really think, have. so for, as crazy
2: um, as it sounds, based on recent history, I don't think Kansas is scared of Texas the way that they should be. I don't think they're scared of Texas.
1: Kansas sure could yes, have won a game in Austin I, last yeah. year. So I don't
2: think that I don't think they're intimidated by Texas. As crazy as that sounds.
1: Oh my God. I'm I'm really tempted to take Kansas plus thirty. I really am. But let's be on different sides of it. Okay. Let's make a bet over right. it or something, right? Okay, next one. Oklahoma State, five point favorite on the road. Give me Baylor, Baylor,
2: Baylor straight up. Baylor wins the game, taking the Bears. Yes, really. Maybe it's just recency bias because I just you are down I'm on Oklahoma high State right now. Higher on Baylor than I think a lot of people are after having seen them. I just I, and then okay. what they did the week before the big comeback against Kansas State. Um, I yeah, I I kind of think Oklahoma State's reeling right now, and and this is a a time for. For Baylor to to beat him. I think Baylor wins.
1: Okay, okay, wow. Um, I'm torn on this one. I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Oklahoma State, but I don't feel very good about it. I, I especially just because this, as you saw last week with with TCU, like this could just be a really really tight back and forth game that
2: comes down to Oklahoma one sport, State. You know? tur- Got forced five turnovers and lost. I mean,
1: yeah. It just, I
2: mean, my God. Yeah.
1: You don't see it. Yeah. And I think yeah. the Baylor it's, defense. is It's pretty weird. Good. They are. They are. And 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 certainly what they did against Oklahoma has to provide a lot more confidence. Last one here. TCU went out and found a non-conference game. They're going to play Louisiana Tech at home. Um, and this is a big line. They are a twenty-one yeah. and a half point favorite.
2: You go first you go first this time. I want you to go first this time.
1: I'll I'll take Louisiana Tech plus 21 and a half. I don't I think TC will win, but I'll take Louisiana Tech plus 21 and a half. And
2: I could be I'll go the other way. way. I'll okay. take the horn frogs. I'll take the horn frogs. Okay. Not for any real reason other yeah. than to be different than you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Clearly we are uh, you know, we're we're pretty shook. We're pretty shook by what happened last week with the picks. But you know, yeah. hopefully it'll be better. Yeah. All right, Jason. Well, thank you for joining, um, everyone. Appreciate you listening as we we head to the home stretch here on this Big Twelve season. And uh, we we really appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and a good rating, and, and find our stories on the Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage in the country, you get all of our sports coverage. So be sure to take advantage and we will see you next week.